Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. This week's episode is a recording of one of our Global Autism Community exclusive events. The topic of this roundtable discussion was health and wellness. It was hosted by community moderator Mary Johnston. A 21-year-old autistic self-advocate from New Hampshire, Mary hosts a blog called Autistic Rainbow 15, where she shares LGBTQ and disability-friendly tips as well as information about inclusion and disability rights. A longtime member of our online global autism community, Mary joined the moderator team last summer to help ensure our space remains safe and respectful. Participating in this event were autistic self-advocate Michelle Vinokurov and community members Dijon Greer and Liz Castillo. In today's conversation, they discuss mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health, self-care, how to reduce stress levels, maintaining routines, why sleep is important, accepting an autism diagnosis, and changing habits for self-improvement. In this episode, discover what's possible when health extends beyond the body. To learn more about the participants in this discussion, please visit our show notes at autismknowsnoborders.com. Roundtable discussions like the one you'll hear today are open exclusively for members of our online global autism community. We select a different theme each month, and our moderators monitor posts daily to ensure that our online space remains safe and respectful. If you'd like to attend and participate in any of our future events, you can sign up today at community.globalautismproject.org. We appreciate your time. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support our mission, please take just a few seconds to share it with one person who you think will find value in it too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Autism Podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project, and join our online community on Mighty Networks at community.globalautismproject.org. And now I present you the Global Autism Community. to the Global Autism Podcast. So today I'm the moderator holding the meeting. I'm Mary Johnston, for anyone who doesn't know that out there. (laughs) Uh, Self-advocate and right now a current moderator. And today we're going to talk about health in all forms, such as physical or maybe religious or spiritual. So... I'd like to open up the floor to anyone who would like to speak on mental or emotional health and asking the question, has anyone here struggled with mental health and what benefits have helped you through that and how do you take care of your mental health? So for me, I know in regards to taking care of my mental health, as you may know, I work more than one job and that's not easy for people to do that. And so For me, like when it comes to balancing everything, I'm like, what I do is that make I make sure when I get home, like I am not doing anything work related whatsoever. (laughs) I think we all can know that like work could be very stressful and it impacts our health very much. So 
I always make sure that I'm not doing too much of anything that's work related. Like, especially when it's eight o'clock at night, I'm like, I tell myself I'm done. I better go enjoy like spending time outside to where I'm listening to music or reading a book and spending time with family. Those are just some things that I do to really take care of my mental health. That's great. I'd say for me, I definitely agree on what you were saying. I, you know, working is definitely a stressful thing, especially as an autistic person, because there's so many lights and sounds and stimulation that you take in through the day. And when I'm definitely done with work or school or chores, I too just like to sit down and relax and maybe watch TV or I love drawing and crafting. So those are things that I do to help my mental health. I think for me, something that I've come into this season has really, that has really been impactful for me is realizing that different situations in my life and different periods and time frames of my life, I need to adjust what I do in order to do like self-care and take care of both my mental and physical health and emotional health. So um, it's definitely been something that has been a bit of a challenge for me, honestly, um, because, you know, you have your routine that works for a season or for a certain time period. And then all of a sudden it's a little bit harder and you're just like, well, why aren't the things that usually fill my cup working? And I think for me, it was like a little bit of a learning curve to realize like it's okay to change the way that I seek help or change the the things that maybe were filling my cup before aren't filling my cup now. So that's definitely something that I've learned as far as like making sure that I'm taking care of myself physically, emotionally, and mentally that it changes and it might look different this month than it will in maybe six months. And just keeping in mind that there are different things and different ways of practicing self-care and taking care of myself. So that's been something that I've just really been um, practicing currently in this stage of life. So that's filled with like taking time for myself, a lot of downtime, upping like the amount of therapy like sessions that I have, definitely just kind of just being gentle with myself during this season of my life. Whereas before, filling my cup and self-care might have been going out and being social and hanging out with friends. But right now that that doesn't feel like it's self-care. Right now that feels a bit draining to me. So just kind of learning that as life continues to go, like I change and I can change the way that I do self-care. So yeah, that's been a learning curve for me, but it's been good. Great points. I I appreciate you sharing that. And you're definitely right. Like we need to know kind of our triggers and what we can do to help us relax and, you know, just find ways to unwind at the end of the day. I'd like to open up the floor to our newest guest. If you'd like to share anything, we're talking about mental health. Well, I'm D. John. Nice to meet everyone. I am Currently in Lafayette, Louisiana. That's where I live, and I work with uh, children in the autism spectrum. I work for a place called Aspire Behavioral Health, Thanks. and with that, we provide ABA services. I've been doing that for about five years or so since 2017. I'm originally from Daytona Beach, Florida. My background is all uh, 
actually it's in criminal justice, but then I started to get into forensic psychology and then I kind of maneuvered my way into um, just psychology in general, just because I wanted to actually study mental health and different things like that. So mental health is, has been a part of my life for, for many, many, many years, just, you know, throughout family history. And then I actually started to take it more serious when I actually started to learn more about it. Because, you know, as I talk to my friends and people who, you know, tell me things like, you know, it's it's, you know, it's not that hard to get things done or especially with some of my mental health diagnosis and things like that, you know, I have to explain it to them, you know, it's just the same as physical health and mental health. You know, if you see somebody limping, you know, is foot okay, you know, is your knee okay? But, you know, if you see somebody struggling mentally and then you won't ask them, you know, not necessarily your brain okay, but, you know, are you okay? And things like that. So, you know, I just try to um, maintain a relationship with mental health as more important as I do with my physical health. And just with that, I just started back therapy on Monday because what happened was I was going to therapy a lot, like maybe twice every other week or so. And then my bill ran up for some reason. I don't know. I thought my insurance was covering it, but they had an system I was paying cash. And then it just kind of made me upset. And I was, I was like, so I had to hold back a while to get caught up on my, on my billing. So I was excited about getting back into therapy on, on Monday. So I do that every other week now. Just between that, um, I do have experience with seeing a psychiatrist. So, oh, yeah. Is that a clap or a hand raise? <laughs> Pop my hands. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you're back in it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I was trying to get logged on and stuff. So sorry I was late. That's number one. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And like I said, my main goal now is to kind of start up. Well, let me run. I'm, with my program, they actually, my job, they actually assigned me as the mental health coordinator and wellness coordinator. So it's kind of a promotion because um, I was going to school for a BCBA but I exhausted all my attempts. That's another reason why I wanted to get my mental health straight because it took me eight times to pass the test and I didn't pass now one of them. You know what I'm saying? So in a sense, it kind of deterred me from wanting to do it. But then at the same time, I was like, no, it's a goal that I want to do. So, you know, I get another opportunity to do it when my time comes up and um, circles back around in February. So um, it's not over. So it's just like a halt to try to get myself right. And I applied for an accommodation and everything, but I didn't do it until the eighth time. And I should have did it maybe like the fourth or, you know, maybe the third or second time. But, you know, I, it, it doesn't necessarily stop me from wanting to do it. You know, it's just a, a step back for a major step forward. So I'm just happy about that. So that's one of the reasons I'm here, just to kind of get some, you know, mental health awareness thing and take it back to my job and different people and things like that. So maybe next time we have more people in here for my job and stuff. So. Let me awesome. I'm trying to get it all out without too much time or talking too much because that's what I'll be doing. I'll talk a lot. So <laughs> listening. Therapy has definitely helped me in a lot of ways. For me personally, being autistic, I struggle a lot with regulating emotions. So therapy has helped me a little bit with that helping me to process it and the stressors of going out because everything is so loud and so bright because, you know, when you're autistic, everything's amplified. So you're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's definitely helped a lot. And I love that you're studying psychology. I actually took that in college and I thought it was really interesting too. So yeah, you had some great points there. Well, thank you. Yeah, if you have any questions too, I mean, that's just the main thing. Like I said, um, what I was getting to, I wanted to um, start up my, it's a slogan, but it's more like a brand. It's called Abide Inspirations. Abide stands for Always Believe in Dreams and Evolving. And just through that, I want to be able to kind of just tie, you know, mental health, physical health and health and wellness with everything, which is one of the reasons why my job kind of chose me for the position, just to kind of 
you know, help people to buy it because that's what I want to do, you know, help people to buy it just worldwide. That's why I went, got into the global autism community as well, just to kind of like just spread that, you know, because a bike, like I said, stands for always believe in dreams and evolving. And it's just breaking it down means always believing, like I say, in dreams. And then just the evolution process, just of never ending learning, you know, always wanting to, you know, see what's next, see what's out there, just exploring the world and exploring different people and different things like that. So I'm excited. I see that Michelle has raised her hand. Did you have a question or a comment? I want to let you know, Dijon, that like we love in our community, like being able to promote like people's posts and everything and just like for people to share like like incredible resources. So just so you know that, like, please feel free to share like anything from like your experiences as well, because I could tell you have a lot of a lot of valuable experience and like with mental health and like even in general from other fields, like as you've mentioned with psychology. Which I recently graduated from my university as my bachelor's degree is in, is in psychology. It is in psychology and it has that concentration in ABA. So I'm like, I took courses that were psychology based and also based on ABA. So it was very interesting. I'll tell you that. And there's a lot that people can learn. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. Congrats again to uh, Michelle on your college degree that's so exciting (laughs) thanks mary (laughs) all right so going into our next topic i'd like to bring awareness to the importance of physical health and wellness so i'm going to ask the question do you get fitness time at home or at the gym if so what's your favorite exercise or other ways to work out honestly i like to do the easy thing um, push-ups i drop down and do 15 10 all day i do have a pull-up bar so I'll do that, especially in the morning. Sometimes in the morning, I have my dogs. So I'll do that as well. I walk miles just to get them out, you know, not just for them. <laughs> I always walk. I'm like, come on, y'all. I'm going to go for my walk. <laughs> I'll bring them along. And I just like to walk and do things, you know, here and there just to kind of like get the blood flowing and just give me a motivation, too, because that's a part of ABA. I do a lot of stuff with my ADHD because that's one of my diagnoses, my inattentive ADHD. I can't concentrate on certain things or, you know, I'll put certain things off. So I tell myself, all right, do the push-ups to give you that motivation. Not only is that good physically, but mentally it'll, you know, charge you up to get up, you know, get up and do certain things and just kind of get yourself motivated, get those dopamine things flowing and getting all those good, good feeling hormones and stuff like that. So it's kind of just certain small little things. You know, I tried, I used to try to want to go find a gym then I want to go ways and I just try to put too much on myself and I was just like all right plant the seed start small and then after that just kind of watch it grow so small steps turns into big leaps that's <laughs> awesome I know for me personally I really like walking when I'm stressed and my neighbor she has this dog named Drake he's a black lab mix from the shelter and she actually lets me walk him So I get to go down and I get to give him a 15 minute walk. He's an old man. He's uh, nine and a half years old and he hates rain. So on the days when it's raining, he refuses to walk and he parks his fart, his uh, fat butt outside. And I'm like, come on, bud, come on, bud. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) But when it's nice and sunny outside, he will walk with me. But I find that such a fun way to exercise. And I love taking walks with him. So I was laughing really hard when you said that because one of the ways that I 
I'm on top of like the only reason, one of the main reasons I'm on top of getting some sort of like physical activity in my day is because I also have a dog and he is also an old man. He is 11. (laughs) And so now that we live in Alaska, when it starts to snow, he has like two faces. Like when it's falling, he's super stoked. He gets like the zoomies and he starts running around and jumping. He loves it when it's (laughs) snowing. But then like the tiniest amount of wind comes in with the cold and he's like, nope, like (laughs) I am not going on this walk. And I usually get his leash and he comes running. But when it's windy and it's like anything below 20 and I get his leash, he's like, nope. No, and he just like goes down and his ears go down. He really does not want to go out either. So that part about the rain and your your friend's dog not wanting to walk, that that made me that made me laugh because I felt that. (laughs) Aside from like those walks, like once the winter really hits, I do like kind of make sure to up my physical activities. So I just like go to the gym that's like around the corner and I try to do like some stretches and lift some weights. But yeah. Those walks are usually what what I can like for sure count on. I just wanted to say real quick, I also have a black cat named Shelly, and uh, oh, she's not a huge so fan of the snow. So, yeah, just following what um, Elizabeth <laughs> said, like when it snows, she's in and she does what she has to do and she comes right back in. <laughs> I just think it's funny how animals react with the weather. I would add on to that, like... Before I share any of my experiences, like with we've been talking about with fitness now and everything, but you guys been talking about with your pets and everything. So I just gotta say this with my dog. So his name is Snowy. He's white curly, curly dog. Back when we were living in New Jersey before we've been living in Florida. So what was very ironic was that his name is Snowy, but guess what? He didn't like the snow whatsoever. <laughs> So like like the moment he would like, step on the snow, he'd be like, "Nope, turning around, going back home." It's <laughs> like I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so it used, it was very ironic about that because of the fact that his name is Snowy, and he's an old man too, just like Liz. You were saying, "My dog is 13, 13 years old, thirteen years old." Oh wow! And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> But now, like, I want to transition that to share a little bit with my experiences with fitness. So I actually kind of, growing up for me, I was actually always an active kid because of my parents. My mom had me and my siblings, my brother and my older sister, we all did, as a family, we all did Taekwondo. So that's where all started from there. And let me tell you my experiences with Taekwondo. Fun fact, I did get my black belt when I was 10 years old. And yeah, (laughs) yeah. But let me, because of that experience, like just, it developed like so many skills for me. Not only I like got, I was getting fitness at the time and (laughs) thanks John. (laughs) Not only I'm getting to like, like I was slowly getting to fitness and everything. Like my mom after we were done with Taekwondo, when it got too expensive and everything, and we were trying to figure out like other alternative ways to still keep up like with physical health, like my mom really was getting me into strength training. So like back in New Jersey, my mom made a at home gym in our basement. 
like got weights and everything, like elliptical, rowing machine. And we actually took a lot of that here into Florida. So I've been doing that ever since then. So like sometimes a message here is that sometimes you're going to have other people that will motivate you to get into fitness. And I pretty much exercise at home. And I, a lot of times I also am active outside. Great points. Congratulations on your black belt. And I love that you mentioned strength training and weights. When I was younger, I actually did a lot of physical therapy as well because I had a lot of low muscle tone. And my occupational therapist, I spoke about this in my podcast episode, but she actually said that I need to work on upper body strength. So that way, if there was an emergency, I could have better hand-eye coordination if I were to have to do like an emergency evacuation or something. But actually now, it's funny because I help my dad with a lot of chores. So when it snows in the winter, I'm always shoveling and that shovel is heavy. (sighs) I also rake the roof. I mow the lawn and I actually stack wood and I bring it in too. But we have like a two-story house, so I have to bring it in through the basement. And that wood is like a 50-pound wheelbarrow. So I have to like lift it up, push it in, and then I have to carry it all the way up and downstairs, like back and forth. So that's my little uh, 30-minute cardio workout of the day in the winter. I have a quick question, just because as someone who used to formally provide support for families, for the neurodiverse community, it just makes me wonder, like, I know a lot of times I've had parents who would ask, like, they just have so much energy. Like, there's just like, I I can't play with them forever. I have to get chores done. I have to do work. I have to do this. Like, but they just have so much energy. Um, And a lot of times we try to like ask questions of like, well, what are their like interests? Like, what do they seem to enjoy? Like, what, like, how can we, you know, put those two together where they're using their energy and doing something that they enjoy. And a lot of times from my experience, um, a lot of parents were a little skeptical and a little nervous of like enrolling their kids into extracurricular activities and sports because they just didn't know if it would be too hard on them, if they would be overwhelmed or if they would feel like they were forcing them to do it. And I I have questions because I have the opportunity of asking you two that are adults that have gone through like these types of, how, how would that conversation look? Like if a parent came to you asking like, I don't know, like what if they're too overwhelmed? What if it's too much? But I also feel like they have a lot of energy. Like would you encourage them to have their kids enroll into these and say, Hey, like, like make sure you're just checking in and checking, like being observant of like, are they enjoying it? Or are they not? What would that conversation look like? Cause I've had this conversation in the past with so many different parents where they're like, I want to, but I also don't want to make them feel like it's another thing they have to do, or they don't want to overwhelm them. They don't want to sign them up for something that they might not actually enjoy um, but at the same time they have all this energy so yeah just curious as to your guys's perspective who are actually autistic how would you handle a conversation like that i'm gonna let michelle go first and then i'm gonna list some ideas so i know because of how these asked that question it kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier about like how like growing up i was into i was into sports 
as a kid, such as with Taekwondo and everything. But yet, my mom wasn't always attending herself, which another fun fact, quick fun fact that my whole family are black belts. My brother, my older sister, my mom, we're all we're all black belts. So <laughs> funny thing. But anyway, getting back on topic now is that my mom wasn't always available to attend because of other responsibilities and everything. And so if someone were to ask, especially like besides from my experiences, not only I was in sports, I was also receiving tutoring. I was other things. And my parents had the same kind of questions as like a lot of parents, like, was it going to be too much? But honestly, like you want to do what benefits for your child. Like what do they really need the most? Like what's more important for them, like in the moment that's going to help them for their future, you know, such as like, if you want your child to focus more on fitness, get them into a sport, whatever they're interested in, let them try out like once or twice. Like my parents had with me trying out with soccer and that did not go so well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it was a whole buddy program and everything. Like I had my older sister involved and everything. We did it together, but it just, I wasn't as engaged. So you also want to keep an eye out about that is is your child being engaged in that activity, you know, so you want to, you want to be aware about that as well. So it really, it's really about like understanding your child in terms of yes, their interests and like also giving things like a try at least once, you know, just finding that kind of balance there. And also like, if you're more focused for them on academic, then definitely consider about like, enrolling them into like with a place for tutoring or like something that they're interested again something they're interested in that's gonna really help them grow in various skills so that's the kind of conversation I would have for parents absolutely (laughs) excellent points so I would say following back to Elizabeth's statement too much energy what do we do I saw a creative idea called an indoor like jungle gym. Usually what parents will do is like their basement, they'll set up like a little section with like a, maybe a small trampoline or like a little swing set. And the kids can kind of go at it and have their own space to be messy and creative. And they can be loud and energetic and kind of have that space to burn off some energy. I heard Sometimes they'll take walks with their dogs because of the benefits that animals have for autistic people. Following off of Michelle's idea, I definitely agree that extracurriculars are great. Getting your kids into sports and things like that can work on muscle strength or hand-eye coordination, which can bring benefits. I definitely think for mental health, things they're interested in can definitely help. I know that I am a theater kid at heart and I grew up a theater kid. It's what I'm interested in. It's what my parents were interested in. And I met a lot of friends through art classes and theater and things like that. And I also got better at interaction skills through Girl Scouts, actually, which my mom enrolled me in when I was uh, maybe six or seven, I think, roughly. And we would build crafts together and fairy houses and fun things like that. So I think those are ways that can help. And I definitely think that if you know your young kid is autistic, definitely pack a little sensory bag for them. 
I think definitely a snack or maybe like a change of clothes if they get like messy or just need something more comfortable. Uh, definitely like ear protection if it gets too loud, maybe like a little squishy toy. I have these uh, fun little stress balls. They might like these. You can get them off of Amazon. I got a little world here. Her name is Unity. But I think that might be a fun idea for them. I love that. Thank you guys for sharing your perspectives. And I, I love the like very concrete ideas of like if a family is going to try it out, like make sure you pack a bag full of like all of their like needs, you know, that will help support them in this like new trial of like a sport or extra ex- extracurricular activity. That's really great. Thanks for sharing. All right. So many autistics, I know myself included, usually struggle with sleep. What are some ways we can improve sleeping habits or reduce certain illnesses like headaches or back pains? And what are ways that you like to reduce your stress levels? Um, I'll go first. One thing I recently started doing, I started talking to my therapist, but I was I just stopped trying to fight it because it seemed like the more I try to put myself on a schedule or saying, oh, you need to be asleep or, you know, time to get up. I kind of just stopped fighting it and kind of just listen to my body more and, you know, take naps here and there. I do do a lot of deep meditation, try to put my brain on different kind of wavelengths, you know, alpha, beta, theta and those kind of wavelengths. I do listen to music. Cause I'm not really a TV watcher because I can't sit there long enough to watch TV or I don't know what's going on after about 30 minutes of the show. I can't name a character or nothing like that. So what I do is I just try to do a lot of meditation and relax. And eventually I'll just, you know, put myself on kind of like a, all right, day by day sleep schedule, if that makes sense. You know, today I'll probably go to sleep at, you know, when I'm tired around this time or, you know, like I said, I just stop trying to fight it. You know, if I'm up in the middle of the night, I'll get up and, do something productive and then I'll lay back down. If not, I'll just stay up. And, you know, it was certain things that I just try to just try to get done instead of just trying to fight it. You know, I just try to use it to my advantage, if that makes sense. Those are excellent points. I know for me personally, I have a lot of obsessive thoughts sometimes when I get stressed. So I definitely agree with your point of stop fighting it. Because usually when you think like, stop thinking that, stop thinking that, it usually just makes it worse, you know, Mm -hmm. and definitely listening to your body more. Like if you're feeling stressed, maybe not go to a crowded grocery store that day, you know, because you're kind of playing with fire there. I definitely do enjoy meditation as well. I have this app called Stop, Breathe and Think, and it guides me through like these deep breathing exercises on how to calm down if I feel panicky or anything. I definitely do love music as well. I know a lot of autistics do, but my favorite thing about music is that it connects through any emotion. You know, you can listen to music when you're mad or sad or stressed. And the people in that song are singing about what you feel in the current moment and you can relate to them. But definitely my way of getting a better night's sleep, I'd say routine. So I always go to bed at the same time because even if I don't feel tired, it helps like convince my brain like, okay, we've had our fun. We've watched TV. We've, you know, had tea or whatever. It's time to go to bed. And if we wake up, maybe we could hang out a little bit if we truly can't sleep, but we got to keep a consistent schedule here. Otherwise, our brain is going to be like, oh, let's stay up till 3 a.m. the next day, you know, and that kind of messes things up for me. 
I know for me, like, obviously the same as what you guys trying to have that routine and everything, but, um, and especially why for me, routine of the sleep schedule is important as well is because as you may know, like also with autistics having like other co-occurring conditions, like for me, I actually also live with a rare migraine condition ever since I was a little girl and I still don't know why to this day, why I have the migraines the way I do, but whatever I do, like what the ways like I try to take care of myself, part of it has to do with sleep. Cause a lot of times my, my condition occurs a lot of the times it happens at night. So I try to make sure that I'm always getting a good night's sleep. So that way I get enough hours of sleep instead of losing hours. So I think that that's why like, even like for those who do live with a co-occurring condition, like I do, like just know that like sleep is important. So you got to make sure that you're getting your hours in and definitely as everybody else has mentioned, like just having that routine of like when you're going to bed and stuff. And I know I do that as well also because of the, with jobs that I'm working and everything. So I always make sure that I wake up on time. So you got to always balance that. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. I know for me personally, I also have a co-condition. I have a generalized anxiety disorder and I also have a condition called depersonalization derealization disorder, which is where if you get so stressed continuously, your brain kind of shuts off and you find yourself in kind of this place that doesn't really feel real. And it's very hard to explain, but it's a very kind of terrifying reality that you've created yourself. But it's important that when we talk about anxiety and things like that, I think we bring awareness to it because I didn't even know what it was until my doctor told me, actually. So I'm glad I know what it is. So now I can manage it a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I I. Definitely. I'm going to look up the second one you said. What was that called? It was called depersonalization derealization disorder. Yeah, I haven't heard of that before. I'm, it's definitely appreciated when you share stuff like that, like how you shared that you didn't know much about anxiety and you learned about it after your doctor mentioned that, that to you. Um, I think that's how we can learn to kind of really like understand ourselves too. Um, I also have anxiety and then I've had postpartum depression and I think like just coming to terms with like the reality of something you you have more understanding for what you're going through and it's you're able to then like take the steps forward to really like do what you need to do to take care of yourself right I'm just sitting there like am I broken is something wrong with me why is this so hard and it's something that, as you share, experience it and being vulnerable and open, because we're not the only one, right? And the, other people have these same conditions. Other people have, go through these same sort of thoughts and moments in their life. And I think when we're able to openly share about it, we don't know whose ears we're touching up. They're saying like, hey, I'm not alone. Like, me too. I think it's so great that you're able to share that. And that we're all able to come together and really talk about it openly. 
taking it a step back to like the sleep, I realized like sleep is huge. Um, and when you have little ones, it's a little hard because they wake up in the middle of the night, you got to nurse them and all that. But it was really helpful when I came up with a plan of like, I couldn't just kind of every day see where the day took me. I had to like really be, um, I guess, mindful and intentional about when I'm starting my bedtime. And so for me, it really helped with like having that set routine because it kind of gave my bright brain the heads up of like, hey, it's time to start winding down. So like any thoughts that intrusive thoughts that were coming, like I could like, you know, face them in the moment instead of just going from active, active all day up and then straight to bed. And then now I'm hitting, getting hit with all these thoughts. So I'm in bed trying to sleep. So it was like a slow wind down um and it started like with bath time or bed like shower time then um I would have like a chamomile tea and then from my chamomile tea I'd do like relaxing lotions and oils and then I would put either ocean sounds or like that like the bilateral sounds um are really nice for me they're like soothing um and really really helpful as far as like getting me to just kind of like focus on something and shut down all the thoughts so I can really fully get some restful sleep So yeah, I think we've all realized like sleep is so important, not only for our mental health, but it it seeps into our physical health because then if we're super tired the next morning, we're reaching for all of those things that have sugars, that have carbs, the the caffeine. um, And we all know that those things aren't the greatest to fill our bodies with out of moderation, right? So I think it's just so important to, I'm so thankful, Mary, that that you brought up sleep because it's so important for our mental and our physical health. And it can sometimes be overlooked by people when they're like, well, I'm doing all the things and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. It's like, oh, well, how's your rest? How how, how much sleep are you getting? And that kind of is like, ooh, I hadn't even like thought of that. So I, I think that's great. And then you mentioned an app that you use that's really helpful when you're feeling stressed out. And for me, one of the apps that I've found really helpful. It's called Thought Journal and it helps challenge any like negative thoughts or when I'm going down like a spiral. It helps me kind of like challenge those thoughts and look at them from a different perspective. And I have found it really helpful. It's not like a in the moment thing. It's maybe like once I've used coping strategies and I'm calm, then I can later back go back to that thought and kind of reflect on it and work through it. And I think it's been really helpful for me. Again, it's thought journal and there's like the free version and then there's like the option to upgrade to certain things. But for me, like just having that step-by-step guide of like, well, what did you think? And why did you think that? And it's just like walks you through it has been really helpful for me. Absolutely. I know sometimes I like to journal on my phone about how I feel. It helps me process and kind of put it all together so I can calm down and take a deep breath and then just move on. You know, because sometimes when you feel these big feelings, it just kind of sticks with you and you kind of hold a grudge until you can just get rid of it, you know? Yeah, I like journaling too, as well. Like, even pretty much ever since I was a little girl, really, because like, not only my parents had me work on my writing skills, but that was another benefit too. It's just that the fact that like, I was writing down completely, like I would write down like about my day, like how I was feeling, what did I go through and stuff. And 
it really just let go of a lot of those negative emotions that if there were any from the day, you just let them go on paper, you know, and it just like comes out, pours out and it's like, wow, you're like all fresh and new again. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Great points, everyone. Our next point is about the importance of spiritual wellness. And that can be summed up in many ways, because when you think about spirituality, it could be something like church or any sort of religion, or it could be meditation or journaling or taking a walk or even spending time with friends and family. So I want to open up the floor to anyone who wishes to talk about their spiritual journey. And I want to let people know that this is a safe space for anyone who has had trauma with religious spaces in any way. And anyone who would like to talk about that can go. All right, well, I'll go. Because um, one of the things, well, one of the spiritual things that I talk about when I'm starting to open up more about, I had a near-death experience maybe back in like 2008, 2009. I was standing outside with my brother. He was auditioning for Beyonce to be a background dancer. So it was in Chicago at the time. It was a winter. So I was standing outside with tennis shoes and in the snow. And long story short, I had pneumonia. But as the night went on, I was getting sicker and sicker and colder and colder until like the middle of the night. I was just kind of fight, fighting for my life at this time. I was just kind of cold and shaking and shivering and to the point where I just kind of like, I was like telling myself to stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. But at this particular time, I just couldn't. I was so cold. I just couldn't kind of breathe anymore. I was shaking and shivering to the point where I kind of just relaxed and kind of went to sleep. But then at this particular time, I just saw a supernova and and then I just was like, at, when, when I saw the supernova, it was so peaceful and it was just, I was cold and I was just, then all of a sudden sun said, not yet. But then I saw a big white light and I kind of came back too. And then I got up and I went and threw up and I just kept fighting. And then this lasted for about 24 hours or so for a while, but I just kept fighting. Then I, because I was in Chicago, then we flew back home to find out, you know, I did have pneumonia and things like that. But just with that, just um, tapping back into that, knowing that, you know, I still feel like I have a second chance. You know, I'm here for a reason. Things that I, you know, believe in necessarily geared towards, you know, just life in general, just about being able to, you know, be there for people, being able to be that voice. Because honestly, about maybe two years ago, I probably would have chickened out of trying to come to something like this. But now I'm just trying to open up and, you know, just go to therapy and deal with my anxiety and on a lot of things. And but y'all mentioned earlier about the intrusive thoughts. We call uh, I read this book, um, Daniel Amen. I don't know if y'all know Dr. Daniel Amen. He's one of the leading talk he does with brain scans and things like that. But one of the things, long story short, he talks about ants, which is automatic negative thoughts. And with that, when these intrusive ants come in, we just got to squish them and, you know, try to maintain, you know, a healthy brain and just kind of keep keep up the why, you know, why you're here and who you're here for and some of the things that you kind of just have to, you know, believe in, you know, just spiritual and just kind of just like, you know, knowing that you're here for a reason and kind of take, like I said, take advantage of it. That's one of my things I like to do and just help people abide. And then after that, you know, just kind of just, just up, up and up, up and up, and up. So that's one of the things I just kind of remember my why. That's my spiritual journey right now. Just kind of remember why I'm here, take everything I can into consideration and just be able to help people and just being able to, you know, help them see why they're here. So. Yeah, absolutely. 
I know with me, a couple of years ago, back in 2017, I was having a really hard time in school. I was always getting bullied and my classes were really challenging and life was just stressful for a lot of different reasons. And I just heard kind of this voice in the back of my head telling me, don't give up, don't give up, you know, and trust me. And, you know, I was always worrying about the future and where I would be in five, 10 years. And thankfully, because I heard that voice, I'm now a college honor student. And I have just a wonderful relationship with my family that I love so much. I have wonderful animals that I can love and care for. And I'm just really happy now. I've graduated high school with a diploma and I just feel safe and complete. And I feel personally with my beliefs in God that he made me autistic and unique for a reason and that I can safely be who I am and who I am is important and there is beauty in diversity. I think part of it for me with the process is just like, I felt like learning about my autism diagnosis, like, you know, I was diagnosed early on. The fact that like really, truly under uh, having that awareness when I was in middle school really changed a lot of my life perspectives and everything. Like knowing that like, yeah, it's okay that I think differently. Like I bring a lot to the table and stuff that, you know, I feel like a lot of people, you know, that wouldn't have thought about in this world and other people can relate with this in our community and stuff. So, and I know on the religious side of it, that like with my family being here in Florida and and, uh, with my family, like I was raised in a Jewish family. So I, for us, we attend a Chabad and stuff first. And and I just, you know, places like religious places like that, like in Chabad to church, you know, like it helps with not just like spiritual, but also like your mental health because you're having that like relationship with God and we learn so much about ourselves from like all these experiences that we go through and everything. But as you said before, Mary, I could definitely relate with that. And like, I felt like, especially learning about being autistic was a big part of like my growth in life and like being where I'm at today because of that positive impact that I've gotten. And I know it's different for everybody. Like when they learn about their diagnosis, it's so divided still about it. But yeah. Yeah, I know for me personally, when I was diagnosed, I felt really like a wave of depression, but also kind of a piece of closure as well, because I knew who I was, but I was also mourning the fact that there are things I'm not going to be able to do. Or there are things I'm not going to be able to do like a neurotypical can. You know, I may do it differently, but I won't be able to do it the way they do. And, you know, when you're growing up as a neurodiverse or an autistic teenager, and I saw all my friends say, oh, I got this for the first time. I just got my driver's license. I can go to the mall completely alone. You know, I felt left out in a sense because I felt like I can't do that right now. Or I'm not allowed to do that right now. And it made me feel really depressed because I kind of felt like an outcast. And I had to teach myself, it's okay to feel that way. 
you are allowed to feel that way. And you're allowed to come over that and embrace the way that you do it. Well, that's a good point. One of the things that you mentioned just about, you know, your friends being able to do things like I have conversations with people all the time. I was saying it earlier when I first logged on that some people will tell you, you know, it's, it's it's easy to do, you know, one of those things they'd be like, it's not that hard to do this. I'm like, well, you know, it kind of is, you know what I'm saying? And we are, you know, we have an argument about that. You know what I'm saying? It's telling me that it's easier said than done or things like that. I'm like, well, you know, it's not, it's not. It's just one of those things that, you know, I apply for, you know, just being brave to kind of continue that and just to kind of, you know, stop the, the, I guess the stigma that, you know, sometimes we are limping, you know, and then we have to figure out why we're limping, you know, so it's kind of just one of those things that we got to continue to, you know, advocate for. And like you said, accept it, you know, not necessarily feel down about it, you know, after you do, you just kind of like learn about it. And that way, you'll be able to know how to fix it. So that's, that's a real good way to put it. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I kind of want to just jump on that really quick, just to say that, like, again, I'm just so thankful every time I get to hear your guys' perspectives. And I wish we had more people who could be here and share their perspectives as well, because I know we jumped into a lot of like subtopics and it would be great to hear people who had kind of just like on the other end of the spectrum, like different experiences. But yeah, I think it all boils down to like each individual person experiences things differently and that's okay. And I think it's great that we're all here together and we're all sharing how we're doing life, you know, and how we're getting past all the things and trying to constantly improve our mental and our physical, emotional well-being. So awesome. Thank you guys. Absolutely. All right, everyone. We've all shared wonderful points on the importance of wellness. And thank you so much for sharing all that. And I wanted to close the meeting today with asking, what is one habit you would change to improve yourself? I think for me, like, I will be honest, like, I have such a bad habit at night, like, with still sometimes being on my electronics, like, right before I go to sleep. So, like, I really need to start making sure that I get it off, like, at least like a half an hour to, but this is my goal for myself, like a half an hour to one hour, like before I go to sleep. That's one thing I will make sure to work on that. I definitely can agree with you on that. (laughs) I think, oh, sorry. Are you going to go to John? No, I was trying to think of something. I was trying to think like, (laughs) like, let me think of something that. I well, really well I can share mine because I already know mine. I know I can do more physical activity overall. And I know it would make a huge impact on like my energy and how I show up. Because anytime I do get extra physical activity, I'm I'm super like enthusiastic. I'm a lot more energized. I don't have like the craving for constant like munching or snacks. Like I just feel like it kicks my body into like high gear. <laughs> When I have like good exercise consistently. So I think that's definitely a habit I could improve. Well, that's a good one. Now that I think about it, um, one of the habits, like I say, my inattentiveness, I would come home sometimes and I would just sit there. So some of the things that I do or that I need to start doing is 
like you guys mentioned, like put myself on a schedule. Just even with the sleep thing, I tried it, but it just didn't work. So I just stopped trying to fight <laughs> other, other certain type of things. Just put myself on a like reading schedule, even just getting more into getting more into things, you know, going back to the actual gym instead of doing things at home. Because that's what I was doing. That's why I was playing with uh, Taekwondo because I do jitsu and boxing. And then I started kickboxing. I moved here. But boxing is my my first love with basketball. But then boxing was my first love. And then uh jiu-jitsu i'm a blue belt in jiu-jitsu but i haven't been there in a while so maybe start working towards you know trying to get my black belt in jiu-jitsu and just trying to trying to do more things you know not necessarily sit there because when i tell you all i do is this sometimes and i'm just like sitting there so i gotta be, be more productive with my time i mean i have a lot of interesting thoughts you know i sit there and think about things plan but i need to start putting these plans into action so just trying to you know read and one of the things i do have is headspace that's one of the apps that i use for different type of meditation so it's kind of more i need to actually put those things into into like a actual schedule instead of just kind of doing them here and there like okay so she's sitting here go do something i make myself do stuff you know because i'm you know living by myself with my two dogs they're not gonna tell me to get up and do nothing unless they go sit by the door and they know it's time to go for a walk then <laughs> but at the same time i gotta kind of just put myself more on a on the schedule and start small like i said small steps leads to big leaps so it's only up Absolutely. Are we doing a plus no delta? Yeah, we can end our call with a plus no delta. So everyone just shares one highlight of their time here at our roundtable discussion. Thank you, Mary. Oh, the plus is just networking, you know, getting to meet you guys, because I did see you guys on the chat and all that stuff. And I, like I said, I just kind of logged on to the community not too long ago. Um, I'm just, because I'm not really a phone person either. You know, I don't really have, I do have social media, but I don't get under that much. Because like I said, I'm not entertaining. I can't sit there that long to scroll. I'll be looking at stuff and being in my environment. But um, that is a plus, being able to network, you know, meet new people and being able to kind of put the names and voices with the faces and things like that. So I'm happy to be here and I'm happy, you know, I'm able to meet everyone and share experiences. So it's a good thing that I was sitting around. <laughs> so thank you. I would say my plus would be moderating my first meeting. Oh, thank you. I would say my plus, Mary, you did an awesome job. Thank with you. Uh, Dijon, we're so glad we got to meet you on here and everything and uh i really loved this roundtable discussion we had a we had a really good time i'm so glad about that yeah my plus is just all the like amazing things that everyone shared and just like i I feel like we threw in like personal experience we've thrown in like apps that could be helpful for other people who hear this Mm -hmm. like i i love learning about abai like meeting you it's just i loved it it's hard to pick one thing as a plus because there's just so many good things. I'm so happy about this whole round table. <laughs> All, right, All right. Thank you. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. I love that this round table brought up different areas of well-being. Continuing to normalize and talk about mental health will eventually break the stigma around it. What are some ways you stay healthy in different aspects of your life? Do you have any stories or tips to share related to health and wellness? Share them over in our online Global Autism community. 
Whether you're a self-advocate wanting to connect with other autistic people, or you're a family member hoping to support and empower your loved one, or you're a professional seeking to hear directly from autistic voices and improve your practice, you can join our online global autism community to collaborate with people all over the world. Sign up today at community.globalautismproject.org. Let's work together to transform how the world relates to autism. Thanks for listening. Take care. Tune in each week for engaging conversations of how people across the globe are inspiring change and building community. You've been listening to Autism Knows No Borders, brought to you by the Global Autism Project. You can find Rachel's notes for this episode and learn more about today's guests at AutismKnowsNoBorders.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. By doing so, you'll be helping us increase awareness and acceptance of autism around the world.